Good evening, folks, and welcome to The Review Crew with me, your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Orland, and it is week 14, and you are joining us here on the Grid Iron Crew podcast. Well, folks, the rubber is absolutely hitting the road. It is the business end of the season. Week 14, as we say, if for your fantasy season, that's your fantasy regular season done. You'll be looking at playoffs for most folk and even your actual NFL regular season is starting to get interesting. People are either cementing teams in their playoffs or um, their draft choices for next year, which is exciting to be thinking about your draft choices, I suppose. Now, as always, remember, like, subscribe, follow the crew. You can find us on X, on Instagram, on Twitch, on YouTube, we're on threads. We are wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, chuck your comments to us on X and everywhere else. Join the conversation, folks. It would be great to hear from you. Now, as always, I am joined by some of the finest crew members that we have. And it's even better today because I'm the only person celebrating Victory, well, Victory Tuesday. But Victory Monday this week was mine and mine alone. So he's had it easy for weeks and weeks in weeks, but it's been less fly eagles fly and more cry beagles cry for a fortnight, not even just one week. Kev, <laughs> do you even remember what Victory Monday feels like? Uh, no, it seems like a distant memory. Um, I'm a beleaguered ego now. That's oh, uh, I like that. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that sums up pretty much uh, how I'm feeling. Um, I'm just Desperate to, to to get back to to celebrating Victory Mondays, but it's another tough one next week. Um, so I might have to week, wait one more week. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to to, to chatting about uh, the football in general this weekend and try and cheer myself up. Notice, notice, notice that it's football in general this weekend, as opposed to I'm really looking forward to talking about my Eagles. Um, it's, it's a thing, but like it's what we were all saying when we were coming into this part of the season that you know this was tough run for the Eagles. There was no hiding from it that as a run of games coming away with any kind of reasonable string of victories would, would be quite a thing. So picking up picking up the odd loss, still in a good spot. Still in a good spot, mate. Um going from one team that is admittedly still in a good spot to one that nah, nah, they're not in a good spot anymore. I was trying to think of nice ways to say it. Uh, there's no more victory Mondays because this man has been devetoed. Um, it is a resident cheesehead. It's it. Tell me, Liam, has the love end ended? Oh, we're, we're still the seventh seed. It's all fine. All fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just one like Liam's Liam's kind of thoughts on football right now are that meme with the dog in that the room that's on fire. This is fine. <laughs> fine this is fine. 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 And, you know, it's a neat, that age of schedule started so well. You know. You know. Um, just four more more to go. That's fine. That's very true. Right. Okay. Well, welcome, gents. It is time to get going. As always, we are going to get going with our kick-off question. Uh, and it's rookie Ricky time. Now, there has been much chat made of CJ Stroud this year. He is having, and I think it's fair to say, an utterly incredible uh, rookie NFL season so far. He is, to, to give us a, a reminder, he is currently sat on 
3,631 yards, 20 touchdowns for five picks. He's, he's in a couple of a couple of ropey weeks, and he was ropey this week. But generally speaking, I think it's fair to say that he has been enjoying a fantastic rookie year. But the question that we have to get us going tonight, folks, is what is your favourite ever rookie season? Uh, now, I'm going to be nasty about this. I'm going to say it's a rookie season that you've seen. Now, the reason I'm being so nasty is myself, Kev and Liam, relatively speaking, are quite new to the game. We are quite new to the league. We're not uh, seasoned veterans like some of the other guys in the crew who talk about watching it back when it was in, you know, Channel 4 back in 1991. We are quite new to the game. So all of our rookie picks are a bit shinier. Now, mine, there is only one. There is only one man whose rookie season was the most glorious thing in the world, and that is the one, the only Baker Mayfield. 3,725 yards. Okay, right, he had 27 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. But still, <laughs> but still, it was an excellent year. It was a year that sparked a bit of joy into Browns fans' hearts, and that takes some doing. Um, in Cleveland, particularly, we were coming off the back of an 0-16 year. It was an incredible year. He really showed us a lot. Uh, then, okay, he's year two. We're going to move on and forget about it. But year three was good as well. Baker only does good years in odd numbers. It's something I realised much, much earlier on in my, my NFL fandom. So for me, my favourite ever rookie year that I have watched has to belong to the one and the only Baker Mayfield. Liam, what about yourself? Who is your favourite rookie season that you can think of? It doesn't even need to be a cheese head if you don't want it to be. No, it's not a cheese head. I can see, obviously, relatively speaking, since we've got into it fully, relatively new to the sport, but I think the one I remember, I think maybe because there's a bit of a story behind it, was Herbert's rookie season, where where he came in um, after um, Taylor got his punctured lung. Um, Yeah. You know, he's meant to be sitting on the bench for most of the season, I think, just kind of learning learning the ropes, and then he kind of got thrown in. When I look back, though, I didn't realise it was like week two that happened. I thought it was a later than that, that like, a, like week four or five. Um, they went on to, I think, over 4,000 4, yards. Uh, what do they have? Four, three, 31, three, six. 40, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and one rookie, one rookie of the rookie of the year, I think, that year as well. So, yeah, that was, that was just a season where you're watching every game, he was throwing it. Throwing crazy balls out everywhere, so it was a, definitely fun, a fun thing it's, to see. Oh, I would, you know, I didn't realize that. You know, say I was kind of hoping that like his stats would be as good as Bickles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, his stats are incredible. As you say, four thousand three hundred thirty-six yards, thirty-one TDs, ten picks, only in fifteen games. So yeah, yep. offensive rookie of the year. I a passer rating ninety-eight point three. Bloody <laughs> great. So, ah, great shout, Herbert. Although we'll talk about him a wee bit later, not having the bestest of times since. Rookie season was 2020, so it's not been an easy ride for him since then. Right, Kev, what about yourself, sir? Who is your number one rookie season that you've enjoyed watching? Well, I feel like it's, it's a bit of a um, a cheat or a cop out, um, but I'm going to go for for somebody this season. Um, I've really, although I've been you know interested in the Eagles and watching the Eagles for for about I don't know seven or eight years at least. Um, it's only been the last 
two or three seasons where I've I've paid real attention to all the other teams and um and the you know the new players coming into the league. Um and this season I feel like it's been a great season for rookies. Um mm-hmm. you know there's there's been loads um, that have come into the league. Obviously we're 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 talking about it because of CJ Stroud, but um at the Texans he's got Tank Dell who's absolutely balling. You've got a, um, a chain, a chain um, at the Dolphins, who's, who's really great to watch. Um, um, I had about five or six in my head um, earlier on when I was thinking about it. But for me, the, the, the standout this year and somebody that I've really enjoyed watching has been Pukunakua. Um, I just, I think when, you know, Cooper Cup um, started the season hurt, um, nobody was really expecting much for the Rams at all. And Nakua, um it just started incredibly, and and even when now that cups back in the team, he's still like kind of hogging the targets, and he's still making incredible catches. And it's the it's the runs after the catch. Finakua uh, is so powerful. Um, you know, for a rookie to be doing that is is just ridiculous. So uh, he's he's been my favourite so far. Again, you look at the, the stats for Nakua this year, and it's one. Um, I go for my, my little my little fantasy football link. He's one that if you got him in the waiver wire. Week two. That was a season changer. <laughs> in our grid our two league, I might have spaffed my entire fab budget week two to ensure that I got Mr. Nakua. Uh, and he certainly helped me into the playoffs. But yeah, he's, he's already sitting where, you know, 13 games played and he's at, what, 1,113 yards. Um, not hurdles and hurdles of touchdowns. He's only had four touchdowns. But to be fair, the Rams have been a wee bit hit and miss on offense throughout the year. Um, but he is certainly having a phenomenal rookie year. Certainly something that will be very exciting to keep an eye on next year. I think what you're saying, Kev, spot on. Well, there's been a few rookies this year. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a sign of me, me not paying enough attention. Years gone past. Feels like in years gone past, we've not had as many rookies that we've been as excited. There's been the odd one. You know, I mean, you get the odd one or two that you debate rookie of the year, but I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you feel about it. I mean, last lost. year, last year, I think Damien Pierce had um, had a really good season, and he was he he looked promising. Um, but he's really struggled to to build on that this year. And Kenneth Walker, um, after um, Penny got injured, um, absolutely exploded for the Seahawks. Um, he had, he had an incredible season, but. Yeah, I feel like this year there's just so many. Um, you know, there's tons of them that are that are kind of lighting up. Well, say looking at that, the, the the rookie of the year winner. When you look back at the kind of the, the pedigree that comes out of that that list, it is something else. Like I'm not even going to go back that far. Do you know what? I'll go. Ugh, this is going to make me feel a bit sick doing this. I'll go back to 2014. And you'll figure out why I'm stopping there in a minute. So last year, Garrett Wilson. Then going before that, before that, Jamal Chase, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Saquon, Kamara, Dak, Todd Gurley, and we'll stop on this one, OBJ. Blah! OBJ <laughs> was there as well. Um, but you, you look at the, you know, and you go back further, there's even, you know, illustrious names like Matt Ryan, Cam, uh, RG3, all, all of these guys that went on to have in pieces, brilliant NFL careers. So says a lot for the really high caliber rookies we've got this year. And do you know what? The, the way too early, way too early conversation. Who would you have for this year's class? Kev, you've kind of given us yours, but who would you have as your rookie of the year 
this year. So we we'll kind of double down. Who's who's your rookie of the year? I actually think. Yeah, I was going to say I think I would give it to Stroud, uh, but just out of the others, the one I've enjoyed watching the most has has probably been uh, Nakua. Bobby William, where did you go? Oh, I say again, I think Stroud's up there, but again, we touched on him. I think Tank Dell's been fun to watch. You know, getting those explosive plays for Stroud, he's been kind of made made the Texans fun again. (laughs) Make Texas (laughs) fun again. (laughs) (laughs) The chant in there somewhere. Um, I do you know the sen- sensible hat on Stroud's, Stroud's got it so yeah. Um, you know we we know that how um, lopsided some of the awards can be, particularly skewed towards QBs. I think it's uh, be a, be a big ask for somebody not named Stroud to get it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck my my vote who I've enjoyed watching. Uh, another Texan that's not been mentioned yet. Well, Anderson Junior. Very much enjoyed watching. Been really disruptive. Um, so yeah, he's double wrong. He's not gonna get rookie of the year. Uh, but certainly certainly one that I've enjoyed watching right okay guys um, we are going to move on we are going to get going with our big games of the week and for a change I'm actually having a game uh, I'm in a few weeks off but I've no take the game of the week so I'm taking one this week and it is of course of course it's Flacco time <laughs> who knew Flacco knew how to play quarterback by the way who knew <laughs> Fresh off the couch, bump, slinging balls. So, yes, it was the Jags at my beloved eight and five Cleveland Browns. Yes, you heard that right, eight and five, and we've only had the four quarterbacks starting this year. <laughs> it's, it's wild. I can't get my head on it. Um, it was a game that, you know, it was a really interesting game to watch, so I don't know how many he's caught it. Um, it was a game where it, it was about passing, which was wild for me. You know what I mean? It's a game where the Browns only put up uh, 82 yards on the ground. The Jags only put up 58 yards on the ground. Both defences absolutely standing up to the ground game and just not letting anybody really get going. You know, yeah, Jerome Ford stuck up 51 yards over 12 attempts, but like, he really didn't do a lot. I, okay, Kareem Hunt managed to squeak a wee, t- a wee rushing touchdown in, but it was a minimal minimal run for the for the actual score. So both of the teams locked it down. You've got T Law on one leg, hobbling about, doing his very best not to let Miles eat him. Uh, and you've got the, the corpse of Joe Flacco. Um who I should really be nicer about considering that he stepped sure. into my team and he's actually balling out. Um so yeah Joe Flacco steps in, chucks it for 311 yards, three touchdowns. Okay, yeah, chucked one pick as well, but Flacco's allowed one pick again. But then you get the other side of it. And you, you go, right, T-Law, 257 yards. No, not the most. Not a vintage Trevor Lawrence stat line, only the 257 yards. You get three touchdowns, though. You got these three touchdowns and three interceptions. The Cleveland Browns secondary absolutely just sussed him out so, so much just in terms of grabbing them. He was really aggressively targeting Martin Emerson, Martin Emerson Jr. Oh, I have got your number. I am going to abuse you sitting there at corner. And he get picked off twice. Then he thought, okay, you're not the one. I'll target Greedy instead. And Greedy picked him off as well. It was a game, funny enough, that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. <laughs> uh, I thought... Not sure if anybody got that vibe for how I'm talking about it. 
Um, but even big things as well. The um, ah, words, penalties, minimal from both sides, although three for the Browns, four from the... Oh, no, sorry. Eight for the Browns, seven for the Chargers. The Chargers? The Jags. Boys, it's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, so the penalties were, you know, I was saying they're not an event. I'm actually not remembering some of the penalties. Some of the penalties for the Browns are the joys of our situation at on the offensive line. Uh, and we have picked up yet another injury as a uh, Dewand is now out for the season getting surgery. So that is another hole in the offensive line. But to be fair, as I've said, the Browns have went eight and five this year and frankly, Andrew, I call it, um, to play somewhere. We've got that many holes all throughout that team. The Jags, still sitting nice, still sitting at eight and five. It was one of these ones, though, that if the Jags pick up many more, if T-Law goes down, they are sat, the Colts are nipping at their heels. The Texans are nipping at their heels. They can easily become embattled in a wee bit of a quagmire in the AFC South. The difference between the South and the AFC North is that, ugh, as much as I hate to admit it, Ravens have got the North sewn up. They'll win the North and that's kind of done. It's now just down to Cleveland and the Steelers battling it out for that number two spot on the notion that surely Jake Browning and Cincinnati can't keep playing well. <laughs> confidence, Brian, confidence. Um, I do you know, I've been saying things like this and I keep thinking, I was like, but then the only starting quarterback left in the North is Lamar. <laughs> the, the AFC North is currently sitting. We didn't even pull up the stats. So what we've got, Ravens are 10-3, and three, Browns are 8-5, and five, Steelers and the Bengals are both 7-6, and six, and Lamar's the only starting quarterback left in the division. The Browns have been sat four quarterbacks in the year. Steelers are now going to be, what, the third week with their second start, but they lost Pickett kind of re- relatively early, I think, the week before last. So that'll be them on kind of two and a half weeks with Mitch Trubisky. And then the Bengals obviously had their big patch at the start of the year where Burrow was hurt. They tried to kind of play him through that. Now he's really hurt and he's done. And it's Browning's getting starts. So how this division can be so competitive with so many pieces at the most important position in the game is baffling. <clears throat> so, this is where normally I, I kind of pitch it and ask people questions about what they enjoyed about the game and all the rest of it. But I'm kind of just enjoying wallowing in the glory of my victory. So I, want, my, I wanted to ask you a question, Brian. Go for it. Go for it, Kev. Right. You take it in, mate. So, um, you know, fre- fresh face um, victory this week. Um, you're impressed with Flacco. Who do you think out of your four starting quarterbacks this year uh, has been the best? Flacco, and it's not close. <laughs> yeah. It's not even and, close. And then, therefore, uh, does that just does that make you even more mad that you gave that massive contract? Oh, furious. So this is what I... I now, to be, to be fair, with a full disclosure, I have never been a fan of the Watson deal. And I don't... And I'm not even going to go in to the the, the moral yeah. side of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even just what we gave up for him was too much. What we then paid him was far too much. Um, we <laughs> are in absolute cap hell for the next 
four years. Deshaun Watson's cat pit next season is only 60 million. Just him. So, yeah, um, it was a wild overpay, both in what we sent the Texans for the trade and what we gave Watson as the contract. We're sat, and then we're even going to put my Baker fanboyism uh, to the side as well, as much as I would have loved to have kept Baker. Um, you look at Flacco now, yeah, is Joe Flacco the answer at quarterback? Flacco has came in, he's a nice steady hand, he's still got a bit of a rocket for an arm, um, as we've seen Amari Cooper is loving having him under centre compared to, to DTR or to, to PJ Walker, who we've uh, released his away on the waivers. Um, it, yeah, it shows you what just a nice, stable quarterback who's functional can do with yeah. their team. I but I mean, say, what, what would Sean Watson have to do? I mean, you know, when you look at what you can get out of a guy like Flacco and, you know, the probably relative buttons that you're paying him, what would what would Watson have to do to justify the money that he's on the the contract that he got? Right, games you're talking AFC Championship game, making it there, making it to an AFC Championship game. If it brings us that far, you'd be hard pressed to say it wasn't worth. Particularly if it's on the back of so as opposed to this year, where we could easily go into the playoffs and do well on the back of our defense. So our defense is absolutely elite, but if we go. Next season, let's say we make it to the AFC Championship, and it's on the back of top offense led by Watson. You, you kind of need to say fine, even if we lose in the AFC Championship game. You make it that far, you've got to respect the player getting you there. Stats: I would want to see passing three and a half, four thousand yards passing, at least something like twenty-five plus touchdowns to. Fewer than five picks would be what I'd want. For what he's been paid, he's been paid, he's not been paid as an okay quarterback. He's not been paid as a good quarterback. <laughs> paid as an absolutely league-leading elite quarterback. And yeah, he's had a couple of flashes in a Browns uniform. He's had a couple of games where he's played fine. Elite, not by a million years. He has been outshone this year by the ghost of Joe Flacco. And that is really tells you all you need to know about what Deshaun Watson's been up to this far. Yeah, he's been hurt. Yeah, he's been that. Yeah, he's been the other. Baker played through having one arm and half a leg left. <laughs> Put up with reasonable performances. Um, so, yeah, no, Watson has to really pull it out. Or, I don't know. I think you'll be hard-pressed to think of teams overpaying more than the Browns. Um, yeah. for, for trades just with everything we put out for, for Watson it was just a wee bit much but enough about me and I'm, <laughs> too sure I'm going to now see that's thank you boys I feel good I feel better about my I, 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 I was just going to jump in there I was going to say I, I did like Flacco's first touchdown when Njoko slipped out the back I just it was a quick play action I thought it was a good a good start yeah. to how the game was going to unfold that was a nice, uh, a nice, a nice move the Flacco to Njoko connection um, both weeks has been really, really good. Um, this is where I even just try and quickly see if I can grab the stats. Um, so I, this week, he was six receptions for 91 yards, and then, sorry, it was, I'm not trying to remember who played, who was a quarterback at the Denver. Uh, then the week before last, he was six receptions for 59 yards. So Njoku, Njoku's a criminally underused part of our offense. For somebody that's as talented as he is, um, I don't know, I get it, Stefanski does like to use him as a bit of a blocker, and he does it pretty well. 
Um, he's, he doesn't see enough targets for me. For somebody that's as big as Njoku is, as Jeeps the guys, what, uh, 6'4", 246 pounds of mountain. Um, he's got good hands most of the time. He's had a couple of drops over the piece, but generally his hands are pretty decent. Uh, and he, he, yeah, he taps out at the most targets he's had in a game over the last wee stretch. Seven back against the Steelers. Oh, no, sorry. He's uh, 15, again, 15 targets for seven receptions um, against the Steelers. So I, I would like to see him get used more. But, it's, yeah, it was a nice indication how the game was going to go. And I, what a game. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Now, we've had the happy time to move on to the sad walk. Kev, now, do you know, actually, I'm not going to slag Kev off because I, for everybody listening, I offered Kev an out. I said, because I'm, he talks Eagles every week when he's on, and most of the time he gets to enjoy it. And last week he had to wallow in the misery that was a defeat. And I offered them an out this week. I said we'd move the Eagles game to, to the, the week in the rear view and he could, he could address it then in one line. But he said no. I... <laughs> I'm a fan of conviction and courage, and I will stand up in the bad times as well as the good. So, Kev, on you go, mate. Your Eagles, it, it didn't go well. It wasn't your finest hour. So, talk us through it. No. Well, um, I think, to be honest, um, where did I start? Uh, on, the, on the preview crew last week, uh, I, I said I thought that um, the team that, that ran the ball and established a run game would come out on top. And I don't even really think that that's what happened. Um, you know, I think uh, Dallas put up marginally more yards on the ground. Likewise, you know, um, you know, a, a relatively small amount more yards in the air. I think what happened in this game was that San Fran... Uh, Dallas just just played the big plays better. They just uh, you know stood up when it counted at the big moments in the match, um, and then the Eagles in this one uh, again uh, you know shot ourselves in the foot a little bit with, with some poor turnovers at, at, at crucial moments. Um, you know <clears throat> this is where I grudgingly have to to give credit to the Cowboys. They were excellent. Um, you know across the board. Uh, their defence was solid. They stopped us establishing our run game. Um, they, you know, they had a lot of variety in their attack. One massive difference between the two teams, I would say, and um, this is something that I, again I, I touched on in the preview crew was uh, at tight end. Um, I was desperate for Dallas Goddard to come back into this game because we really missed him. Um, and he did come in, and he done he done all right. He made a couple of uh, a couple of big plays, um, or you know, okay plays. But the difference when you look at um, the other the other side and see Ferguson um, and it's the season he's having, by the way, when we're talking about you know rookies, mm-hmm. um, he's he's one of the, the the long list. I think that's done a great job this season. Um, you know the. <laughs> Just, just uh, w- when they needed to make a big play um, to keep the ball moving, um, they had him to go to. Obviously, CD Lamb is um, is having a season, um, and he's, you know, uh, he's always going to be tough to to keep under wraps. Um, 
and yeah, even even you know they spread the ball around. They they, they um, made a few plays through Dowdle, um, Pollard. Uh, it was just it was just kind of giving me uh, giving me flashbacks to to last week when um, the Forty Niners um, had so many options and we just didn't know where it was going to come from. Um, and I think that. Yeah, the, the the problem that we had is we did make we, we did make some some decent plays ourselves um, through through AJ. Although I think he did struggle a bit, um, and Devontae Smith, um, we we just we just seem a bit one dimensional right now. And the problem we had here was that um, the Cowboys got got out in front early. We were chasing it the whole time. Um, um, and a couple of times when we looked like we were pulling ourselves back into the game, maybe within a score, within within ten points, uh, we just couldn't keep the door shut at the other end. Um, and the Cowboys, I mentioned that again in the preview, they've they've been putting up thirty plus points every home game, um, and they've done it again. Um, and obviously, people talk about. Um, you know, hi, who are you playing against? You know, they've went out and done it against what was considered to be one of the best defenses in the league. Although um, we look a wee bit short on that side of the ball at the minute, um, and I think that the, the offense is, is is struggling to keep bailing them, uh, bailing us out, and you know, put up big numbers. So, yeah, it was another tough watch as an Eagles fan. What, what I'm what I'm clinging to here is that. You know, you look at the Niners and they had three three losses on the trot earlier in the season, and you know they they now look, you know, unstoppable. Um, I'm I'm hoping that this is just, you know, a little a little dip, um, and that you know we can time it to to kind of build back up in time for the playoffs. Um, the other thing I would say uh, with regards to that is that you know we've. We've come through that incredibly tough schedule. Um, this this was probably the last day, um, maybe five or six games on the bounce that, that looked really, really tough. Um, you know, earlier in the season, looking ahead, and to be honest, I think way back before a ball was uh, kicked or thrown this year, um, we done the the NFC East preview pod, and I think I predicted that the Eagles would maybe get. Something like twelve and five, um, yeah. for the season. I think I was round about where I was yeah. where was expecting this to be. Um, and you know, sitting here at the moment on, with the record we've got, with the games that we've still got ahead, which on paper at least um, seem much easier. Um, I'm still pretty upbeat. You know, I've I've been I've took a kick in the last two weeks and. Uh, Confidence has took a bashing, but when I when I look at it overall and think where I thought we would be at this point, given the schedule we had and where we actually are, uh, I, th- I think we're having a still having a really good season and, and are in a really great spot. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's it's still although um, the Cowboys um, you know looked looked really good, um, I think. Uh, I think we're still probably, in my eyes, favourites to take the division and possibly even still take the the conference um, number one spot. So, um, yeah, we just we just got to just just take it on the chin and just get back to work. 
Well, see, tell you what then. So there's there's exactly where we'll go with this, mate. Because if we look at the remit, so NFC, it is yourselves, the Cowboys, or the Niners. You know, it's one of the three. Uh, Niners are obviously clinched in the playoffs already, but number one seed is still up for grabs. So, um, yourselves, this is what I'm just got to double check in what the Niners' record is. I'll check it in a minute. So, the yourselves sat there. You have four games remaining, tied, uh, tied for record with the Cowboys. You are seagulls are coming to visit you. Then you need to go Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Now, Seahawks, Gino. Uh, He's banged up. I can't. I don't actually even know if Gino's likely to be back this week or not. Even if Gino is back, Gino this year is not Gino last year. DK no. got ejected for the last game and couldn't keep the heat. Um, so those, as much as we went back and we went right, okay, you had the run of Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, and to be fair, for that game you walked away. For that run of games, you walked away three and two, which I don't think if I'd offered you that before you played that first game against the Cowboys, I reckon you'd have taken three and two all day long, all day long. Surely, surely for what's remaining, any more than one loss is a travesty. Yeah. And even even at that one loss against those four teams, you surely need to be looking at thinking that's not really acceptable either. Yep, yep. I expect us to go four and zero now. Um, it's just about how we respond to these last two weeks. But it's, as I said, it's been a really, really tough run of games. And uh, yeah, three, three, three and zero in the first three. I would never have dreamed that we would have got that. Um, I'd expected us to to probably lost one in the one one in those three. Um, so yeah, like <clears throat> the fact that we we are where we are. I think we're on on track to. To have to finish the season with a better record than than what I hoped for at the beginning. So, yeah, I I I, I think I'm I, I'm not certain, but I think that the that the Cowboys have got quite a tricky last few games yeah. in comparison. So that's, that's where we're going to go here. And tell, I'm going to put this one to to yourself, So the Cowboys closing the season out: Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders, the Niners. Closing the season out as I just grabbed their schedule. They are looking at ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Cardinals, right, fine. Ravens, Commanders, Rams. So I think it's fair to say easiest running, definitely the Eagles. Hardest running, definitely the Cowboys. And the Niners yeah. are somewhere in the middle. Ravens are, Ravens are a hard game. Ravens are going to give them a game, um, particularly given it's in Baltimore. Um, so that's going to be tough. Commanders are a weird team. I can't make any sense of the Commanders this year. Commanders <laughs> turn up for really weird games and play amazing and Sam Howell looks like he should be MVP. And Tell me about that. Game, uh, <laughs> game, Sam Howell looks like nobody's actually explained all the rules to him. <laughs> so, I can't make any sense of the Commanders. Um, and the, the Rams the Rams are up and down. The Rams have got a reasonably talented roster, but they, they're a limited team these days. But the, on their day, they're good enough to play anybody. Do you reckon, how do you see, so Liam, how do you see the NFC shaking out now? What do you see? Those those are going to be your top three teams. How do you see I, them coming in? I still can't, yeah, I still can't see past the Niners. I think they are playing just ridiculous football. I think they're obviously already clinched their spot in the in the playoffs. You can easily just see them winning out. Obviously, the toughest one in there is obviously the Ravens game, but it's at, I think it's at home, so... 
slight advantage. I'm going to double check. I thought it was in Baltimore. Um, um, and then, as you see, I think the next the Cowboys obviously can't take them from the Cowboys to run the run. You know, the next two games away from home against the Bills and the Dolphins, tough matchups. Obviously, they're they're kind of unbeatable, or you can't beat them at home this this season. Really, like they're seven. Uh, yeah, they're seven seven and zero at home this season. So yeah. now the two away, two tough away games. This, you know, I know everyone keeps saying, oh, they're going to need to play a good team, they need to play a good team. Also, they played the Eagles this week. A good team got a good win out of it. You can't really see anything against the, the Cowboys there. So, but also the next two games, I suppose, will be, I suppose, obviously, it's crunch time now anyway, isn't it, for the overall seeds? But, yeah, I think if they, yeah, I think they'll at least go one one and one, I think, the next next two games. I think they'll at least get one, might, might lose one as well, I think. Where bills are bills at home are always a tough match. I know they're not being what they used to be, but they're always a tough, a tough sledging sort of thing. So it'll be interesting. I, th- I, th- I think overall, I think the Niners will top it. I think the Eagles will probably sneak out the division. I think, and then get the, the two seed. That's where I'm kind of looking at it for now. I think. You know, right. Well, you're right enough. I was quite wrong. It is indeed um, in, in San Fran. So it's a uh, so that it's the Ravens are coming to the Niners. I, I still, I do you know, Kev, Kev, I'm with you. I'm on. I'm on Team Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly. Purely oh, because, <laughs> because I see the Eagles winning out. I see yeah. the Eagles winning out. Um, the the Niners could win out. I, I don't yeah. think. I wouldn't be shocked. Turn around and somebody says, "Yeah, Niners went four and all last four games." I won't be surprised. They're going to leather the Cardinals. They will likely leather the Commanders. Although, as I said before, the Commanders are such a weird team this year. I've no idea what will happen there. Um, and that one is in Washington, so God knows what will happen there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes does that make the commanders better or worse. I don't even know this year. Um, I, I don't see the Cowboys winning out. I see nah. at least I see one of those games getting the better yep. of the Cowboys. Um, I don't know which one. I wouldn't want. I genuinely wouldn't even want to guess where I see the Cowboys dropping a game. I see them dropping one game, and I won't be shocked if the if the Niners drop one. So for that reason. I am going Team Niners. Uh, team, uh, team Niners? No. Team Niners? Switch <laughs> sides. Uh, no, no, Team Eagles. I'm with that. I see the Eagles in the NFC. Um, but what happened? And I think actually that is exactly what the Eagles need because you guys are a little banged up. It's not bad, bad. Picking up enough little niggles that, that bye week, that precious, precious bye week. Yeah. I really hope the Niners don't get it because the last thing they need is a bye week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they need to play two games in a day. I think that's what they need. <laughs> yeah, what we're gonna do? We're gonna take see those games against the Ravens and the Commanders. One of them's gonna be at twelve, and the other one's <laughs> gonna be at half two. And we don't care if the first one hasn't finished yet. We're just gonna play them both simultaneously. And hope it works. Um, aye, yeah, Jesus, aye. Unfortunately, I do need to say, as much as I can see the Eagles winning the NFC, uh, I do think the Niners are the most complete team in football. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's a shocking thing to say anymore. No. As you said, Kev, there's just so many pieces. And and even then, they've lost some pieces on defense. You know, like Hufanga has has went down and all the rest of it. And they're still on both sides of the ball. Stacked. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you very much, Kev. Well, we're going for one person who was getting all the credit for me for sticking with it and talking about his team even when they were down. 
There's somebody else who is shamelessly, shockingly welched out, and it might be because his team was playing really, really late last night, and we are in the UK, so it's quite hard to watch the league. <laughs> uh, so instead of that, Liam is going to talk to us about a game that I certainly know everybody was onside watching it, and everybody really wanted to make sure that we stayed on the right side of history. It was the Bills at the Chiefs. Talk to me about it, mate. Ah, oh, was another, 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 another KC controversy, shall we say? Um, yeah. Throwing another, another refs getting in their way again, of course. You know, it's the only thing that's happened these days. For ah, the because KC. the refs being against KC is clearly the narrative. That it's, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not the wide receivers or anything like that. It's just just the refs. Definitely the refs. Just the refs. But yeah, no, it was a, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Like the Bills needed to come in there into Arrowhead. Needed basically needed to win out to to get into the playoffs. Really, coming in, got off to a fast start. Um, went two turn, two touchdowns up. Um, and I think and then compare that to KC this season, which is another kind of weird thing. Another slow start. They I think the mm-hmm. first the first series, Mahomes threw another pick. Um, I think it was batted. I think and then he picked off. And then the next three was uh, then it was kind of punts in the next three. And as you say, by that time, the Bills were already 14 nil up. And I think in years gone by, the KC could have, you know, the last few seasons, you wouldn't be worried about that. Go down, could go down two scores. That's fine. Don't worry. It's my homes. They'll just keep going up. They'll get their, their mojo back, you know, in the second quarter or something like that. And they'll just keep driving and, and, and make up the points. But it's just, it's been like that all kind of season. They just can't, they're just not quite the same. Team. Mahomes is still Mahomes. I still think he um, does some crazy stuff every game, but it's just they haven't quite got, I think, basically alluded to the wide receivers now at the moment. They just don't have quite the, the talent there to kind of overcome um, those kind of losses or kind of uh, losing those kind of scores. Um, but the Bills, as I say, they kind of shot out and um, to fear, it, it was the kind of James Cook show, really, um, overall. He was top. Top uh, rusher. Um, okay, Allen got in there for the, his touchdown as he always does. Um, but he had top rusher, top top receiver uh, yards as well um, for, for a touchdown, which was a nice, nice, nice first touchdown. But he still only played about. I think he was. I think when I looked at the stats, he only played like 45, 50, nearly fifty percent of the snaps. He's still not actually overall playing a full complement of snaps. They're still mixing in Murray a lot, you know, when he's coming out for third third downs and getting near to the red zone. So fair play to him. Like if they've kinda that's gonna be a kinda change you kinda seen since they've got rid of the coordinator. They're kinda using the kind of checking down more to, to cook Allen and then kinda launching it and hoping hoping for um Hoping for uh, Diggs, obviously Diggs doing Diggs will do Diggs things, but you know, um, hoping for Davis. I suppose trying to trying to catch catch the long ball. So I think Davis didn't. I think I didn't have any catches at all again this this week. So it's kind of a kind of wee change of how they're approaching things. A bit more check downy. Uh, still getting the kind of explosive plays out of it, um, but um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can now build on that. And uh, I suppose turn to us, KC. I suppose yeah, they could have won it. They should they should have won it at the end. Really, really, they have, was it last last within the last two minutes they had that touchdown taken back off the board for um a small a small offside shall we say small small you know who knows um that will get debated for a long long while yet I think um 
But it's those kind of silly wee, wee things that are just affecting their season. Mahomes, I think, has been all over social media, couldn't, couldn't handle that, was shouting at everyone um, and anyone, I think. Um, to be fair to him, I think he came out today saying he shouldn't have done that, which is fair, fair enough. Um, but um, or what, what did he say? Something about uh, it was not good for kids to see or something like that he came out with saying. So, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting now. I think Casey are going to be hard pushed to get a, a home a home playoff position. So, hang on, no, hang, hang on now, Liam. You're not telling me that the Arrowhead Invitational's been cancelled, are you? Oh, I know, I know. Just, uh, just put back it. Put back it. Twelve months, maybe. You know, yeah. They've had some, what, <laughs> uh, some, uh, some damage to uh, some, uh, some internal structures, and they're having to put it back for a while. So, yeah. Right. It's time. Let's, let's, let's deal with the elephant in the room first. Let's, let's dance it around the table, boys. There's no point pretending that we don't know what we're talking about. It is, of course, was Kadarius Tony or should. Kadarius Tony have been flagged. Now, we're gonna we're gonna deal with it the bit fussy. If it stood, it would have been so cool because yep. yes, everybody loves a lateral. Everybody, you know, particularly a lateral for, for Kelsey with a with a spiral on it and everything. Beautiful. It was lovely. Fabulous. However, I'm gonna put my colours to the mast really quickly. <laughs> offsides is offsides is offsides. I don't care if you think the refs have been calling it inconsistently. I don't care. If, I really don't care if you think the ref should have given you a wee nod before you started. You're paid millions of dollars to play this game. Know the rules. Um, so, nah, I, I don't buy it. It was out. It was offside. Doesn't matter how they try and dress it up. He broke the rule. He got flagged for it. Huh. Yep. Anybody sympathetic? I, I'm in the same. I think there was one, some quote about when the, the ref was basically like, when you, he was offside so much that I couldn't see the ball. That's how offside he was. Like, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, that's not. It's not okay. They've been they've been calling it, not calling it, whatever you want to want to say. But to be blatant, you can't really say again against the refs. They're going to call it. So yeah, I don't think you can argue really, can you? What were you saying, Kev? Where did you come to know all this stuff? Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same as you, Brian. I cannot for the life of me get my head around like. The, the the players expecting the referee to give them a heads up that they're they're lined up in the wrong position. I mean, I think it was even Andy Reid who who moaned about it and said, "Yeah, normally the ref will like tip me off that one of my players is offside so that I can you know call them back." What? Like <laughs> seriously? Like that just baffles me. I I can't I can't for the life of me get my head around you know why that that's a thing if it is a thing. Um, you know, if 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 I was the 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 defensive um, team's coach, I'd be I'd be going off my head if the if the ref was saying, "Hey, you're offside, get back on." Like that's that's not what they're there for. <laughs> they're there to call you for it, not to to stop you for doing it. That's the thing. I get I, I get Mahomes' kind of his, his general point. Where, you know, it's another week and we're talking about the refs. And yeah, I think most folk agree. Officiating in the league hasn't been. There's been some missed calls, there's been some bad calls, all the rest of it. We're not here to play judge and jury, that one. Then, and it obviously is true. There's no, like Andy Reid has no reason to say, normally the ref's give me a nod. If it's not true, like, why would you make that up? But it's the madness of the fact that, so that's a thing. Aye. Because let's not kid on this. Like, the NFL as a game. It's one of the big things that stops people getting into it. The rules are nuanced. There's lots and lots of depth and detail and all the rest of it. Not in offsides. <laughs> See the ball shape thing. Be behind it. End. Listen. There's nothing else to that. Stay 
<laughs> you're saying to the bar. Oh, it's yeah. uh, it's the fact that they've got the lines like you know, like along the pitch as well. So it's not like is it, you know in football when when you're trying to call an offside and you're trying to look at the cut of the grass, right? No, there's painted white lines there. Um, you know, there's margins. You can see clearly, you know, where the ball's sat, and you can check against the nearest margin to you. Like, what's so difficult about it? I don't. I just don't get it. What What more do you want exactly? Now, you know, okay, so right with this, and it was, you know, this is an interesting one because the point I was going to make coming away for that, and we all agree, suck it, Casey. Um, sorry, guys, <laughs> just get get the news. Um, if you don't want, and you know, to be fair, because this is the kind of thing that I've had levelled at me when I've complained about the Browns losing to bad calls and all the rest of it. And, and you need to agree with the sentiment to this. You shouldn't put... A good team doesn't put themselves in the position where a one... Let's even assume the refs made the bad call. Or one bad call from the refs loses you. If you're a good team, you deal with it before it gets to that point. But anyway, putting all of that to aside, one bit, and it jumped out at me because it was actually a similar situation with the Bills against the Chiefs as it was with the Cowboys against the Eagles. And it's a stat that I love because I really think that there's a lot to it. Time of possession. Bills, 35 minutes to the Chiefs, 25. And when we even go and we look at, as I try really desperately to pull it back up quickly, the the stats for the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys, even more, 36 minutes to the Eagles, 24. Do we think that this is the kind of thing that, yeah, the, okay, the scoreline, sorry, Kev, uh, the scoreline in the Cowboys-Eagles game wasn't that close. It was obviously a lot closer in the Bills-KC game. But when you look at the box score, you look at the stats, you can see some of the similarities creep out. Neither team dominated the other in passing or in rushing. Only part of either game, statistically, where you've seen that domination time of possession and is that a kind of thing where I don't know what do we think is that just where teams are being really well coached really using that to control the game and control their opponents or am I just really looking for a start that I quite like and I keep popping no, but I think I think you are like they always talk about trying to keep Mahomes like going to KC keeping Mahomes off the field so if you can control the possess, time of possession that's like an extra an extra win win right there isn't it so, so yeah it's Actually, if you can have more of the ball, you're going to have more opportunity. In theory, have more opportunity to do more, more things. So yeah, definitely. definitely yeah, for for us, I mean, <clears throat> I mentioned it before. In terms of you know, like you say, the other stats they didn't dominate. Um, um, obviously, being on on the the field more on offense, um, allows you to make more plays. Um, and obviously, Dallas did make more plays than us that resulted in in points. Whereas um, you know, I think we we actually had more yards per play um, against against Dallas, uh, which surprised me a little bit when um, when I when I looked at it. But the big issue we had was the turnovers um, that that gets our offense off the field and gives gives Dallas offense more time on on the the field to to make those plays and, and score those points. So I as as a huge um, a huge thing, I, you know, you do occasionally see. Um, some games where it's really even, and yet you know one team scores massively um, more points than the other. But I think in a in a tight game and in a, in a game where the the two teams are 
um, are quite evenly matched. Like both of the games you're talking about there, I think the, whoever can keep their offense on the park uh, for you know for for longer um, is is going to have a, a real chance. Um, they coming out on top. Yeah, it's also like keeping the defense, keeping your defense off the field gives the time to yeah. to to you know get a breather. You know, get yeah, recover, you yeah. Know. Um, it's totally. It's that's, definitely you know the whole complementary football side of thing. It's definitely definitely a big factor there. You know. Yeah, well, that's yeah. definitely a factor for us right now. As I said, we've had we've had a lot of really really tough games, and our defense must be be dead in their feet. They'll be they'll be crying out for a game where they're only on the field for fifteen or twenty minutes. <laughs> Like, only 15 minutes of work today, chaps. That's what we want. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, tell you, a, last, a final thought then on all things um, KC and the Bills. Much has been made this year about the Bills' Super Bowl window being closed and all the rest of it. I'm not going to talk about Buffalo anymore. Well done, Buffalo. You won a game. You may well still make the playoffs this year. We'll see what happens. KC. Much is made about KC being the dynasty. They have taken the, the 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 crown for the Patriots. Patriots were the dynasty. Now it's Kansas City of the dynasty. And there was a bit that I, that seen that this is stage two of the dynasty. But all of a sudden, Pat's expensive. Chris Brown's expensive. Travis Kelsey's expensive. Travis Kelsey's expensive and limping frequently. Yeah. Are and all of these young receivers, they are they're, they're young. They're, they're young receivers, so they make mistakes. Yep, okay, you would expect even young receivers to have better hands, maybe not drop as much. Nobody's going to sit here and pretend that Casey's wide receiver room hasn't had problems with drops this year. But they are young, they make mistakes like lining up on the wrong side of the ball. They are going to do that because you don't have the money anymore to have a room full of elite weapons for your quarterback. And yes, Patrick Mahomes is exactly the type of quarterback who can elevate average receivers around them. But are we starting to see things potentially enter a really tricky phase for Kansas City, where all of a sudden they've got a few big fish taking up a lot of that cap, and they're going to need to start to get clever with who they draft and how they actually acquire help for Mahomes, because Mahomes can do lots, and Mahomes, yeah, possibly, by the time his career's over, we might well be crowning him the greatest uh, quarterback to play the game. He is the kind of guy with the talent to potentially eclipse Brady. Potentially. But, Casey aren't showing us they can give him what he needs to go around him. You know, yeah, he's got Travis Kelsey and he's fantastic, but how many years do we think Kelsey's got left in him? How are they going to help him? Are we seeing potentially a couple of dry years for Casey? Well, they're, yeah, they'll make the playoffs because let's not kid ourselves on. They're going to walk that division every year. But that's about as much as they're going to do. What do we think? Do we think they're, they're on a tricky patch? I I certainly do. Um, I think, uh, like you say, when, when you were when you were talking about the the kind of stars and um, you know the, the the cap space that they're taking up, the one that jumped out to me is Kelsey. Um, he's not been quite the same Kelsey this year as he has been in years gone by, and I think that's only going to you know, um, pick up pace as as the years go by. I don't think he's got long left as that you know cheat code on in fantasy um, at, at tight end. Um, you know, scoring um, wide receiver one type points. Um, I think that 
I think, yeah, um, you know, once he goes, because right now, when you look at it, they're struggling at wide receiver. Is that suddenly going to change next season? Um, certainly, I don't think that they've got the draft picks to go and, um, you know, pick up, pick up um, you know, ready-made stars. So um, I, I don't see that changing. And if they've not got that, um, you know, that safety blanket for, for Mahomes um, at tight end anymore, I think it's I think it's going to be tough, and the the, the other problem is they're they're not suddenly you know you're, you're not going to see Kansas City tanking um, and suddenly going really high <laughs> up the draft order. So <laughs> so it's you know where 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 do they get those pieces from? Um, I I I think that we're possibly looking at um, if they don't win it this year, um, then you know. A, 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 maybe three or four years, perhaps, where they're having to try and rebuild, um, and I'm, you just I'm, never know how that will turn out. I'm choosing to believe that next year Kansas City are going to go zero in seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can we can well, all hope. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Get get to William Hill. Get your next mortgage payment on it, boys. <laughs> on it right now. <laughs> Right, okay. Thank you very much, guys. Let's move this on. It is time to put week 14 in the rear view. It is time to start us off with the rest in one before we start to talk about uh, our cruise missile, our players who crushed it. We are going to have for the first time, Kev is going to ball out um, and we are going <laughs> to wrap this one up, folks. And we're going to have a wee chat about uh, all things playoffs just before we wrap up as well. So, uh, as always, we are keeping it short, sweet, and to the point. It is the rest in one. Um, it was the... Jesus, I can't believe I gave myself this game to talk about. Um, it was the Pats at Pittsburgh. Um, and, uh, I don't know. Um, Mitch is still horrendous, and nobody here has a quarterback that's worth anything. Um, Zap Brannigan-ish? What a horrible game to watch. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything <laughs> to say about this. It just upset me to have to subject myself to this game. It was exactly as boring as everyone thought it was going to be for Thursday Night Football. Um, moving on to moving away from my fumbling my way around talking about them. Uh, Kev, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. And this one wrapped up with Tampa Bay walking away 29-25. This was at least an interesting game. Yeah, I'd say uh, Tampa Bay's ship's rising. God love Baker. Uh, yeah, Baker's <laughs> the man. Eh? <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, right, Liam, coming to you, mate. It was Detroit at the Bales. Uh, Lions and Tigers and Bales, oh my, indeed. What did you make of this one? Uh, the Lions are teamed again. Yeah. They were just going to... The Bales? I know. Like, don't be wrong, you know, well done, Bears fans. I'm sure you are delighted. Uh, but like, did they know that one another predictor? That's there was, there was some money to be made at the bookies there. Um, right, we are coming back to me. It is the Colts. Uh, it was Colts at the Bengals. It was Minshew mania, but sadly not the good kind of mania. Uh, and who knew Jake Browning could actually play quarterback? And do you know what? This is my this is my end one for this. Chase scores a touchdown. But not that chase. <laughs> <laughs> How many people did that upset? When that happened? <laughs> um, right, Kev, we are coming to you, uh, and I seem to be, be punishing you with games this week, mate. It was the uh, the Panthers at the Saints. 
New Orleans walked away twenty eight to six victors. Give us it in one cheek. Um <laughs> I don't I don't know how to sum it up. Uh just uh <laughs> I, I, I really I'm stumped. I'm lost for words. Nice, um, nice it's not the guy. That is there we go. We can go with that. Let's go with that. Let's be nice yeah. Bryce Young needs a hand because right now he's just getting abused. Um, Liam, coming back to you for a game, a game that was interesting, I think is actually the fairest way to say this game. Texans at the Jets. Jets whipped it 30-6. to six. What was your big takeaway? I suppose uh, it has to be like Wilson squared his back, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Like, who saw this coming? I know, exactly. <laughs> Especially when he didn't want to play at the start of the week, apparently. You know, that, that rumour. Uh, so. I... Yeah, I'll feel it. Hold on. I thought he was washed. I thought, like, genuinely, I don't want to play anymore. We've asked him to step in. He doesn't want. Boom, done. Out of the league, gone. Go away. Do not come back. And then, yeah, he comes back and he, and relatively speaking, balled out. Uh, he played well. Um, Aaron right. Rodgers' return still alive as well. Yes. <laughs> Aye, it does. It keeps those, well, theoretically keeps some playoff hopes alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think theoreticals doing some pretty heavy lifting here, though. To be fair, <laughs> uh, right? Okay. Um, next one for me. It was the Ravens squaring off against the Rams. Uh, Ravens walking away with yet another victory. Um, thirty-seven, thirty-one. Do you know what? I imagine was going to say I uh, walk off Wallace. This is actually quite a nice one. It it was a sickener as somebody that wants to watch the Ravens fail, but they come away. With an overtime return, you know, kick a uh, punt return touchdown. You, you can't ask for much more drama in a game. What a way to end a game. Uh, right, moving it on. So I don't need to talk about nice things about the, Ra- the Ravens anymore. Uh, Kev, keep it on our theme of giving you all of the absolute cracking games. Vikings at Raiders. Well, three no. We only won three no. Um, I another another football score. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I seen an interesting uh, graphic earlier that somehow Las Vegas's ice hockey team managed to outscore <laughs> their football team. Um, <laughs> Golden, Golden Knights are playing the Sharks, and it was one all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, I should feel bad for the Raiders, but I just don't. Um, Liam, coming back to you, it is your uh, your second last one, mate. Uh, Seahawks at Niners. I suppose it has to be uh, Debo's ruling, you know, just Debo doing Debo things again. Yeah, he, he is scary good, isn't he? It's kind of terrifying how good all of the parts of that Niners team, but Debo is just coming on absolute form. Right, okay. Um, last last one for me. It was the Broncos at the Chargers. And the, the Chargers are done. That is it. They've run out of charge. They have <laughs> run out of charge. Somebody plug Herbert into the wall and leave him in overnight. He is done. His season is over. And with it, anything the Chargers had to hope for, which, to be fair, at five and eight was near a lot. Um, Kev, coming to you for your last one. And we're finally giving you a game that was decent. Titans at Finns. Hi, it was a uh, double H. Um, trouble for the Dolphins, uh, Henry and Hopkins. Uh, yeah, got the job done. That's another one where there was absolutely money to be made at the bookies here. Like, imagine <laughs> calling that. Imagine calling the Titans beating the Dolphins. Like, the Dolphins have made a year out of beating bad teams. 
and they come up against a Will Levis-led Titans team and they fumble it at the end. They didn't even fumble it. Titans fumbled it like twice. You have two or three touchdowns and they still won. Uh, uh, it, was, it. It, was, uh, it was, well, veterans all the way, wasn't it? Absolutely. Right, okay, and we are rounding this off. We didn't make him talk about it as a game of the week, folks, but we can't let him away with it entirely. Liam, your beloved Packers facing off against the mighty, the veto-led G-Men, 24-22 to the G-Men. Give us it, give us it in one, mate. Try and cry through the, cry through the line. Indeed, indeed. I don't know. The, the veto created his Parmesan cheese into his, into his meal and ate it all. Sort of thing, you know. He was, he was uh, yeah. I won't, I won't go into it more because I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Did I, did I take it? Everybody has seen Tommy DeVito's agent. Yeah, yeah. Tommy DeVito's Clark. agent looks that's right for all for everybody listening. For anybody who has not seen Tommy DeVito's agent, he looks exactly like what you think Tommy DeVito's agent looks like. <laughs> Like, I am convinced that somehow he is everybody's uncle because he's just that kind of guy. I mean, in, in the crowd with Tommy DeVito's dad giving him a big kiss after the game. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a bit of a story, Tommy DeVito. Like, it really is. Three, right. three wins on the bounce or something like that, isn't it? Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> G-Men can make the playoffs. Tommy DeVito could lead the G-Men to the playoffs. It's a big ask, but it's possible. Is that word theoretical doing an, another lot of heavy lifting in it? This is what we need Stu to come on and do the statistics of how probable that actually is to happen. Um, not very is the answer, but you can do Right. Okay, we are we are going to move through some of, some of our final bits. So first, we are going to go for our fantasy... Who did the crew curse this week? Um, I'm actually going to rename this segment that because it seems to be more often than not is talking about who, who we've cursed. So we had the studs and sleepers from last week to remind everybody the preview crew, not including Kev. Kev has to take some ownership of this. He gets to be smug, so it's okay. Um, the, the, the preview crew named the following as their studs of the week. Jordan Love, Alexander Madison, Tyreek Hill... Uh, Jake Ferguson, the Steelers, DST, and Jake Elliott. And the sleepers they meant for Minshew, Kyron Williams, DJ Moore, likely the Packers, and Lutz. Now, Kev, you are the only member of the preview crew who gets to retain any dignity. Because would you like to tell us what part of the studs and sleepers were you responsible for, sir? Uh, well, I was wide receivers and yeah. kickers. So, I, I, yeah, I've done all right. Hey, I'm, I'm going to give you better than all right, mate. Come on, now. Pass, pass mark. Pass, uh, D- DJ put up 26.8 points. That's yeah. better than pass marks. That's doing well. Now, do you know what, actually? Who had, who, who this is when I can't remember, who had tight ends? Can you remember who the, who the tight ends? I think that might have been Dan. Oh, no, I don't need to say something nice about Dan, do I? <laughs> right, man, well done. Oh Come no, in fact, trip. I tell a lie. I tell a lie. Was it no smudger who was on tight ends? Yeah, there we go. That's it. <laughs> Wouldn't you, Dan? Uh, smudger, well done, mate. Uh, you had a couple of nice shouts. Uh, <laughs> Ferguson rocking up with 12.2 points in, in likely coming in. We've been waiting for it. We've been waiting for it and waiting for it after the 
the, the Mark Andrews injury, um, and he's, he's stepped up 19.3 points this week. So, yeah, there we go. Um, the, the curse of the crew returns. I do like it that the idea of people that play in fantasy football watch for the preview crew putting that tweet out every week and then change <laughs> their lineups accordingly. Drop some poke out. Right. Okay, guys. Uh, we have got three wee bits that we're going to go for. Uh, cruise missile candidates. Liam, talk us through some of the, the cruise missile candidates of the week. And then we'll have a run the table and we'll see who we think's the big one. So we had Sutton doing it again. Sutton catching another touchdown. Crazy catch again. Another another week, another Sutton touch uh, catch. Um, and then Will Levis to D Hop um, as well, and had a nice gallop catch off off of Dak this week. And then finally, I think the other one we we talked about uh, before the show was um, Ritter to London, where London kind of snatched out the sky away from two two defenders. It was a nice a nice play. It's, it was a beauty. Uh, right, okay, guys. So, Liam, you can start us off, mate. What would your choice be for Cruise Missile of the Week? And we better get an agreement between his boys and Keith Skinner to sort this later. I kind of want to, I'm going to go for the last one I said. I think London, I just liked how he had to, like, go pluck it, pull it, pull it away. Pull it away. Well, it wasn't even contested as such because it was high in there, but he just kind of, it was going to hit, go to the fender and he just suddenly appeared. His hands just appeared in, um, and, and took it out of the, the sky. It was, it was nice. Nice to see. Nice. Kev, what yourself of the of our candidates? What would be your, your big one of the week that you enjoyed? You don't need to pick the cowboy, by the way. No, no I, I most certainly won't be picking the cowboy. <laughs> Gallop's not getting uh, not getting the award this week. Uh, I'm I'm going to go for D hops. Uh, I think just just in terms of we talk about missiles, that ball was aired out, and that was that was launched up the field. Um, and I'm I'm going to go for D hops. Right, I hate to do it to you, Liam. I'm a Kev. I really, really love that D-Hop one. Um, primarily because I do enjoy that Will Levis seems to have like, one good throw in him every six games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just enjoy getting to watch that one, the one good chuck that he goes for. Uh, so I think this week, uh, our cruise missile was absolutely Will Levis to D-Hop. It was an absolute screamer. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, I've totally lost my place. Uh, crushed it, gentlemen. Who is your one player? Can be either side of the ball for any team, anybody who crushed it for you this week. Uh, Kev, go with yourself, mate. Who have you got as your crusher this week? And then um, we'll work our way around it. I'm going with one of my favourites. Uh, any excuse to, to get game I mention? King Henry, um, two touchdowns against the Dolphins, uh, elevating his team. Uh, that That's my crushed it nominee. Kev. Hey, are you absolutely certain that you're not a Titans fan? I, I'm just a I'm just a King Henry fan. That's <laughs> a minute ago, Henry. We'll do a wee crowdfund. We'll do a wee, a wee GoFundMe and get you a Titans jersey, mate. And, I know. Uh, I mean, I, I I do wonder why I, I own both of those players in the vast majority of the fantasy leagues that I'm in. <laughs> you like you like who you like, mate. Uh, what about yourself, Liam? Who would your, your choice be for crush of the yeah. week? I think we'll go back. We kind of alluded to him earlier, but Debo, I think. Samuel again, what, 149 yards, touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Only one yard, but I think it was basically like... Only? Sc- sc- I think he fell at the one-yard line or something like that, and like, right, we'll just get you in then. We'll just, you know, give you another play. You can run it in this time. Just finish it off. Like that. We'll just give you one more. Yeah. Um, Why not? For me, oh, see, I was torn. I was torn between two. 
Uh, do you know what? To keep it interesting, I'm going to go for somebody else, although they are on the same team. Uh, I'm going to go with CMC. Uh, CMC doing CMC things. Um, I absolutely hate how good he's been this year because I fear that I'm going to wind up playing him in some fantasy playoffs. Um, <laughs> and I really don't want to do that again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say for, for CMC for, for my crushed it of the week. Uh, I think generally we can actually just say the Niners offense crushed it this week yeah. um, because they are just good in every aspect of the game. Right, Kev, to to start to round us off for last wee bit for you, sir, then Liam, we're going to give you a wee, I'm going to ask you a wee playoff question. You can be just thinking about your playoff permutations. Kev, we have been talking about a wee, a wee segment we wanted you to start with. We've decided that Kev's going to ball out. Who is your ball out of the week? Uh, my 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 uh, standout player of the week is you. You name checked him earlier, um, Tylen Wallace, um, for that that uh, overtime punt return walk off uh, winner um, touchdown. The <laughs> it was it was incredible to watch. The guy catches the ball in the center of the field. Um, runs all the way out onto the edge, evading tackles. He does a pirouette. He gets, uh, you know, he gets. He keeps going after contact. The the last defender makes a desperate dive and actually like slaps his ankle and he stumbles and manages to stay at his feet. Somehow stays inbound because he's so close to the um, the the touchline. Um, and then sprints up the line and does a little somersault into the end zone to celebrate. Um, and so I that that was my that my play of the week. It is one where I hate it so much because I respect it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I really do. Like I was sat watching that game quietly, thinking to myself, the Ravens lose this. There's a chance that we take them. <laughs> it's not yeah. likely, again theoretically doing all the heavy lifting, but there's a chance. But no, that was yeah. What a way to end the game. You, you struggle to think of much better ways to close out a game than that, don't you, Liam? Well, that's that's about as good as it gets. It's, yeah, yeah. I think there's a um, a kind of hardball kind of running off, and he went up to one of the cameras, just sh- you know, shouting into it, you know, celebrating. You know, it's just yeah, it's kind of, it must be an amazing feeling just for everyone on the team. Just to, I know, I know it's your favourite uh, team, Brian, but yeah, just must be some feeling to just what? walk off the field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sickens me, but you need, you need to respect it. Right, okay. Um, we are going to close things out. Before we do the statistic of the week, Liam, I'm going to pose to you a playoff puzzler. Um, I didn't even think of that name beforehand, guys. I just <laughs> um, so, yeah, off, top, off the top of the head. So, uh, I, I'm going to give you uh, four teams for each side of the league. Four for the AFC, four for the NFC. And they are teams that are currently... On the bubble. They are not in the playoffs as of today. I want to know which teams you think make it. So we have got from the AFC side, we have got the seven and six Texans, the seven and six Broncos, the seven and six Bengals, and the seven and six Buffalo Bills. And on the NFC side, we have got the six and seven Rams, the six and seven Seahawks. Six and seven Falcons and the six and seven Saints. Now, for the sake of this exercise, we are going to say two. I, Kev, I'll ask you as well, mate. Two of each of them are going to make it into the playoffs. 
Like you don't need to specify who they beat out. You don't need to talk about, oh, they're going to win their division, any of that. Just pure gut NFL fan instinct. I just like their chances. Who do you see taking it and sneaking their way in? Season ends today. None of those teams are in the playoffs. Season doesn't end today, but so who do you see sneaking their way in? So AFC teams again. Texans, Broncos, Bengals, Bills. Who I don't do you think see? I, yeah, I don't think I'd ever see this uh, a few weeks into the season, but I think the Broncos are going to sneak in. Um, Ooh, Broncos country! Because I think, I think the Steelers, the Colts and the Texans, they all play each other or play a mixture of each other and the Bengals and stuff. They're all kind of going to cancel each other out. Broncos are going to sneak in. And I was going, I would, I would, I think you, I'd like to see the Texans in because they're just fun to see, aren't they? Yeah, fun and frisky. Yeah. Um, over to the NFC. I don't know. I suppose you probably have to put the Falcons in there because you've no idea what's going to happen in that division, do you? No idea. Just flip flops all over the place. I have no idea please what to do with them. Please just bin it. And yeah, and then of the teams just outside, I suppose the Rams after the the week they really lost. You still got Stafford slinging it about sometimes. You know, this week sometimes. did it well. Oh well, yes, yeah. he's, he's had Stafford, his moments. Stafford occasionally slings it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. But yeah, it was kind of impressive. Even though they lost, it was impressive to see even, you know against the the Ravens defense. So whether they can still kick on from that, yeah, that's that's. If I'm going to pick two teams to sneak in, obviously not to lose the Packers out of it, obviously. But hey, yeah, of course, somehow, of course, somehow, somehow, somehow that I don't think that can happen. But somehow, you know, you know, it's gonna. We, we're gonna. We're going to manifest that into existence. <laughs> um, don't know how we do that, but we're going to try. Kev, what about you, mate? What do you reckon? Well, I, I've got to agree with Liam. I definitely want to see the Texans um, sneak in because I'm just loving watching CJ, um, you know, playing football this year. Um, and also, um, I, I, well, yeah, yeah, they're they're one of the fun and frisky teams that um, that we talked about on the on the other um, pod, um, and I think out of the four that you mentioned there, I think Bills probably because they are still on their day a match for any team. Um, so I think they've got a realistic chance of sneaking their way in, and then um, NFC, I, I again Rams for sure. I would say the Rams. Um, I'd like to see them there. Just again, I'd love to see Puka in the in the playoffs, um, and hopefully Cup. Um, you know, getting back to his best because um, they're 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 good to watch when they're in full flow. Um, and the rest, I mean, <laughs> the, the other three in the NFC. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't really. No, I wouldn't really particularly want to see any of them. Kevin refuses to consider consistent consistent consistent. No, no, they all no. suck bad enough. None of them deserve consideration. None of them do deserve it. The rest of them, no. Forget about it. <laughs> I like the idea. Oh, Brian, yeah. Trying to put, you know, put a playoff puzzler to Kevin. Kev's answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, okay, guys, we are going to wrap things up as we always do with our statistic of the week. Now, there could only be one statistic of the week because there has been a record set this week. And whenever we set a record, we like to recognize it here in the show. So, there was a record on Monday night that there was 17,000, 
561 victories to none. I don't actually know if that's true, but lots to none. No team had ever lost when they had a 14-point or more victory with less than three minutes remaining on the clock in the fourth. And the Dolphins managed to be the first team in the league's history to blow that lead. So, Miami, to you, welcome to being the new Falcons. You're meant to beat bad teams, but hey-ho, you can't do that anymore either. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I, should be, I should be nicer to, the, to Miami. They've been really entertaining all year. Um, but with that said, that draws us to a close. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our review of all things Week 14. Now, remember, you can get in touch with us on X at Grid Iron Crew. You can find us on Insta, Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. Stick Grid Iron Crew into YouTube, stick it into Threads, stick it into Twitch, and wherever you get your podcasts, you can catch up with us. Remember, we've got many days of football this week because we've got Thursday night football and we've got football on Saturday. And remember, your week 15 of the NFL starts with the preview crew and you can join Dan and the guy. Oh, it's Keith and the guys actually this week uh, on Thursday night. Um, oh, and a final bit to remember, as a wee commemoration of what we've been talking about last week when we were talking about my cause, my cleats, we had a little look and we went for the My Cruise, My Cleats thread on X. Dive on, give it a look. You can find all of the different charities that the crew supports there. And any time of the year, but particularly this time of the year, folks, all of these causes are fantastic and they're well worth supporting. So with that all said, thank you very much for listening, folks. Kev, thank you very much for joining me this evening, mate. Thanks, Brian. And Liam, as always, a pleasure to have you on, sir. Indeed. Thanks again. Thanks as always. And with that said, we will catch you folks ready next week for the review of Week 15.